You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? We are back for another edition of Locked On Tigers. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day, free and available on all platforms. This episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't want or need and can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. We are back. We have a fun little episode today. The lockout's still going on. We still got a, a millionaires and billionaires arguing over money. No one wants to hear it. If you haven't listened to my complete breakdown of the lockout and everything that both sides want out of this deal and are negotiating, that episode was last week. You can go listen to it. Kind of an evergreen thing until we get a deal done, right? So you can go listen to it at any time. It's, it's obviously up there. Uh, today's show, though, we are going to be breaking down the most underrated Tigers of all time. Now, we won't get to everybody. I know for a fact that when I when this episode goes up, I'm going to get a ton of DMs and a ton of tweets at me and a ton of replies to the episode, and they're all going to be saying, oh, well, you, you know, you, what about this guy? What about this guy? What about this guy? There are a lot of very underrated and underappreciated Detroit Tigers. I just want to go over some of the, the bigger ones in my eyes. And again, there will be people in my eyes that we don't get to as well, but uh, I just thought it would be kind of a fun episode, kind of a fun little episode as we're sitting here in, in purgatory and no ba- Verlander officially signed somehow. I don't know how that's allowed, but he officially signed with the Astros yesterday. Uh, I, <laughs> whatever, man. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm already so over these two sides and, and they're arguing and everything, and I, I just want baseball to be back. So I'm, I'm pretty over it. Uh, so we will be going over. The most underrated Detroit Tigers of all time. Kind of a fun little episode here. For starters, okay, this is, there are some players that obviously played their entire career here and a lot of Tigers that uh, only played a year or two here and both fall into the category of being able to be underrated, right? You, you have some players that were short stints or even just like half a season trade deadline acquisitions. And then you have some uh, some players that were underrated on a career landscape. You can't have this conversation without bringing up Lou Whitaker, though. He is the first and foremost of any type of these conversations when you're talking about underrated, or I guess for him it's more underappreciated, because I think the city of Detroit, at least, very much realizes the impact and the talent that Lou Whitaker brought and and played with throughout his career, but on a national scale, comfortably one of the most underrated and underappreciated players to ever wear an old English D in the history of baseball. You want to talk about career numbers, like overall end of your career numbers? He's got fantastic career numbers, right? You, when you when you talk about either either side, you want to talk about more advanced analytics. You want to talk about more old school like milestones, just under twenty four hundred career hits, 
244 career home runs, which as a second baseman is on the higher end for sure. That's a really solid number. RBIs, again, as a second baseman, eclipsing 1,000 RBIs is pretty impressive. Uh, And then the big one to me, 276 career batting average for what that's worth, again, if if you're still into batting average. But the big one for me is more career walks than strikeouts. He had 1,197, 1,197 career walks and 1,099 career strikeouts. If Across a, a long career, rookie in 97, last season in 95, just about a 20-year career. Career walk percentage of 12%, very solid number. Career strikeout percentage of 11%, very solid number. His career BABIP was also only 290, which... For for those who have have been listening to me talk about Babbitt for a while, right? That that's I mean on the lower end. Not that that matters in the scope of a twenty year career and and arguing a Hall of Fame ballad, but shows you that you know probably was a few hits in there that he could have gotten that he might have got a little unlucky on. Um, just all around, a a he was a fantastic fielder. We don't have uh, like the defensive runs saved and like the super advanced defensive stats for uh you know players that played in the 70s and 80s and 90s like that um but we do have a a rough guesstimate i guess you'd call it. you have defensive value fangraphs has defensive value and he was a one plus 127.1 defensive value in his career and a plus 204.8 offensive value in his career both fantastic numbers Defensive value peaking at 18 in 1981. Uh, had a you know a year at the end when he was 37 where it dipped negative, but for the most part a positive defender his entire career. And for those who were around during that era and got to watch him, obviously you guys don't need a a, a website to tell you that he was a phenomenal defender. He he was he just go watch some Lou Whitaker, baby. Go go watch some old eighty four games, man. That that was very sure handed with the glove. And then like I said, being a second baseman that was a very good defender on top of being a a very, very good hitter. I mean, really gets overlooked in the landscape of offensive production from second baseman and he's not he's not Jeff Kent right he's not like oh he's he's a fantastic hitter at second base but he's a horrid defender this he, he was fantastic at both right I mean the offensive numbers speak for themselves his career WRC plus was 118 18 percent better than league average across on like I said an almost 20 year career and and there were some year. I mean, he only dipped below 100 twice in his entire 19-year career, and one of those was his 11-game rookie season. So, in actuality, only one full season with a sub 100 WRC plus out of second base. Uh, had a couple of 20 home run seasons again at second base. In '89, he almost had a 30 home run season. He had one, two, three, four, four seasons. Of over 20 homers, like I said, 244 on a career from a second baseman is is not a bad number at all. 
Uh, his WRC plus peaked. I mean, he, he had a he had a 1983 at a 130 WRC plus. Fantastic. At a 131 in 89, the year he almost hit 30 homers. 141 in 91. 1991 at 34 years old. At a 141 WRC plus. Absolutely fantastic at a 15.7% walk percentage and a 7.9k percentage that year. He's fantastic, man. And I'm glad that the Tigers are going to give him the the flowers he deserves and retire his number. That's that's very long overdue. Uh I mean when you look at career war, 68.1 on FanGraphs and and is well into the 70s on Baseball Reference. I mean when you look at war, he has a higher career war especially, again, on baseball reference, than Alan Trammell. Alan Trammell, obviously, inducted a couple of years ago. And then just also the lore of just being the second half, being the second part, uh, not second in in value. I, I think they were, obviously, they were both very good players. And, and some, again, some would even argue on a career landscape, Whitaker had... Uh, was was more valuable across his entire career than Trammell. So I don't mean second half in, in the sense of latter half. I just mean half of one of, if not the most iconic double play tandem in the history of baseball. The only one that you could argue is better is, is Tinker's Evers and Chance back in the dead ball era with the Cubs, right? I mean, besides Tinker's Evers the Chance, that it, it is Trammell and Whitaker. I mean, I mean that is the... One of, if not the most prolific double play combos of all time. Trammell got in a couple of years ago. Whitaker ha- is is just as good, if not better. Again, according to depending on what numbers you want to use, then Tram, and he is still on the outside looking in. He will have another opportunity to enter the Hall of Fame next season. But you can't have this conversation without starting with Lou Whitaker. And we will get into all the other fun players, maybe some players you haven't heard of in a long time, after I tell y'all about fan tracks. Tigers fans. It's already been an interesting offseason, and and we hopefully after the lockout, it will get even more interesting again. It won't be too long before pitchers and catchers hopefully report. I'm going to give you the inside track on the absolute best fantasy baseball platform in the industry. It's fan tracks. Fantrax is the most customizable MLB fantasy platform in the industry, offering the greatest fantasy experience for your dynasty, keeper, redraft, and best ball leagues. Greater join Fantasy Baseball Commissioner League, invite your friends, and dominate your draft this season. It's also the top dynasty fantasy baseball platform in the industry. I use this. I this is gen- genuinely the the it's it's crazy that I'm I'm telling you guys about the app that I literally use for my Dynasty and Keeper Fantasy Baseball Leagues. You can go deep with the Ultimate Keeper and Dynasty Leagues with Fantrax, create the Simple Redraft League, or even a customizable Best Ball League with up to 2,000 teams. Coming from another service, Fantrax can import any of your current leagues and customize if needed. This is also true. Again, I, I literally did this. Uh, we were on a, a different platform for a very long time. Fantrax came along. We switched over. They brought all of our previous records, previous champions, all that stuff. It's it's incredible, honestly, how easy it is. Ever have a trade go wrong, make a mistake dropping a player? 
Fantrax commissioner tools allow you to undo any move with a simple click. Starts plenty of arguments. It's always a blast. Among the most trusted names in fantasy sports since 2008, Fantrax invites you to sign up today for free. If you do, you'll be entered to win an official MLB signed Fernando Tatis Jr. baseball. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash locked on. Use promo code Tatis when you sign up. And to be, you can be eligible to win that signed Fernando Tatis Jr. baseball. If there's anything lacking in your current fantasy league manager, Fantrax likely has it. Fantasy sports doesn't sleep, and neither does Fantrax, with seasons running 365 days a year. It's awesome. There's a reason why fantasy players who try Fantrax make it their permanent home, like me, for all their fantasy leagues. Don't miss the opportunity. Sign up to with an official MLB signed Fernando Tatis Jr. Baseball. Just simply go to Fantrax.com slash locked on. Use promo code Tatis. Fantrax, home of all fantasy sports. Play ball. I also got to tell y'all about Direct TV Streams. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device lets you watch the game live. Another lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone. And you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, shows, all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter, the confusion. Get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. It's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies based on package. All right, everybody. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every day. Free and available on all platforms. This episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need or have forgotten about or whatever. And you can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. Segment two, Locked on Tigers. I am, of course, your host, Scott Bentley, talking about some of the most underrated Tigers of all time. My next one is an oldie. Rookie in 1914, retired in 1932. Last season with the Tigers was 1929. If you don't know, now you know. Harry Heilman is one of the greatest Tigers of all time, and no one talks about him. It's remarkable to me. It always has been remarkable to me. He is uh, one of these players that I discovered at a pretty young age because I was a nerd and a big-time baseball nerd my whole life and was going through old books about Cooperstown instead of... uh, <laughs> doing whatever kids do. Um, and he, he's someone that I, I was fascinated with at a very young age. Um, I, I, I still have this book, actually, but um, it was this huge book. And I got it when I was in elementary school, so it's, it's definitely not up-to-date like anymore, right? But it had a complete two pages dedicated to every single person, no matter what their role, that has been enshrined and inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown. And then, like I said, I was an, I was, I got it in elementary school, uh, and I I believe my last year of elementary school was 2009, so it's, it's definitely not the most up-to-date thing ever, but at the time, it was fascinating, and that was the, the birth of my, my tr- true 
baseball nerdiness and my dad quizzing me on on random players in the Hall of Fame from 100 years before I was born and trying to guess who it was and he was one of the guys that that was one of my first fascinations and he he's phenomenal uh, no matter what metrics you use again I mean career war of 72 and a half now he's in the Hall of Fame so this isn't like a oh you know this it's ridiculous that he's not in whatever and and for those who our our older audience, uh, he he had a pretty hefty radio career after he retired as well, if if you remember. So uh, this is someone who is in and around baseball his entire life, just a, a true through and through baseball guy. Uh, and and like I said, an incredible number, twenty six hundred hits, uh, one hundred eighty three home runs, but playing the dead ball era. So who really cares about home runs there? 342 batting average, over 1,500 RBIs, over 100 stolen bases, a 930 career OPS, a 148 career OPS plus, 48% above league average OPS for his entire career, which spanned from ages 19 to 37. Spent his last two seasons in Cincinnati. Really last one season, his, his true last season was only 15 games and he was pretty horrible. But one of the best hitters in that lineup, he just happened to overlap quite a bit with a dude named Ty Cobb that you might have heard of. So he gets no recognition, and I always love bringing him up for that reason because he is—he was one of the best players on this team. If you, you know, once the MVP award got introduced, he was in the top ten in MVP voting, top three in MVP voting, pretty much every season. If if you. Uh, if you want to look at where he stood as far as MVP voting, we have to remember that because of the the vast disagreement and, and detachment from the writers and baseball there for a little bit, that there there wasn't an MVP award. Not even a detachment, just that that's a whole other situation. But there wasn't an MVP award from 1915 to 1922. So MVP got kicked back into play in 19 or sorry 1915 1921 22 was the first one back after they had taken a little bit of a hiatus there uh so if you're looking at his career finished 12th in mvp voting in 1922 then for the remainder i mean finished third in 1923 ninth in 1924 fourth in 1925 fifth in 1926 second in 1927, losing to a dude you might have heard of named Lou Gehrig, who had 47 homers and 173 RBIs that season. But Harry Heilman had 201 hits, a 398 batting average, and an OPS over 1,000. Just one of the more, again, because he played in an era with Ty Cobb, he, he just tends to be a, a guy that is kind of overlooked and just kind of fallen off of and in the lore of baseball history, kind of just slips through the cracks. So he's one that I also like to bring up at the forefront of these kind of conversations. Just, I, I mean, go look up his numbers. They speak for themselves. And again, he's a Hall of Famer. Like this isn't, uh, this isn't as, as, this isn't a campaign like Luke, Lou Whitaker's is, but uh, it, it's still just in the lore of Tiger's history. I feel like not enough people really know who Harry Heilman is. So there you go. 
We're going to head into our third and final segment, get a, get a few more fun players that I, I think are pretty underrated. But first, got to tell you all about Stance. I, I wasn't a believer in Stance. I thought it was just one of those... Another one of those uh, those clothing companies, another one of those companies that just comes along. It's a new fad for a little bit. There's nothing unique or special about it, and then it goes away. Well, I am man enough to admit when I'm wrong, and Stance is phenomenal. Now that now it's it's all I wear. Now that they have them, now that I have them, it's truly all I wear, and it's it's so soft, so comfortable. It has truly made a believer out of me. Stance Apparel, the stuff is absolutely fantastic. They have cool designs too, which like that that I mean that's my favorite part because I'm a dork. But like they have like they have collabs with like the Wu Tang Clan. Like that's hard, bro. Like that like just objectively that's sick. Like a Wu Tang Clan apparel underwear, whatever. It's hilarious. They they have Batman, the Goonies, Star Wars, The Office. It's awesome. It's so soft. It's so comfortable. That's what I like most about them. The quality is absolutely fantastic. And everybody you talk to now that has Stance Apparel raves about it. It's the next big thing. And it again, it's made a believer out of me. It fits perfect because the perfect fit matters more than fitting in. And those who feel good, do good. Go see for yourself. Register for an account at stance.com. Get 15% off of your first purchase. Use promo code LOCKDOWN at checkout to apply. 15% off using promo code LOCKDOWN. Enjoy the color and comfort of a less ordinary lifestyle with Stance. All right, everybody. We are back here for our third and final segment of Locked On Tigers. I am, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Thanks for making Lots on Tigers your first listen every day. Free and available on all platforms. More underrated players. That's that's the conversation today. You're talking about the more underrated and overlooked and underappreciated players in the history of the Detroit Tigers. Another one I want to bring up is Chet Lemon. Chet Lemon, part of that incredible run the 84 team had. Uh, played for the Tigers from 82 until he retired in 1990. Was on the south side before he came to the Motor City. Just an, an all-time, again, underrated and kind of underappreciated player. Got a lot of uh, got a lot of attention and publicity around here for uh, being the dude that would slide headfirst into first base. Right? That's <laughs> we all love Chet, man. Chet Lemon, what a guy. And uh, that was obviously one of his one of his uh, his big things was being the the dude that would slide head first into first base fairly often. But I mean, just a a very very solid player. When you're talking career numbers again, 52 career F WAR, really respectable. Again, not a not he that one's not like Hall of Fame type of numbers, but he he was a solid defender, a really solid defender that hit the hell out of the ball, man. I mean, he, he he had seasons where he would have low home run totals but have really high batting average and, and have a ton of doubles. It's still a ton of extra base hits. And then he would have seasons where he would say, screw it, and he'd hit 20 to 25 home runs on top of that too, right? Uh, again, when you're talking about career like walk and strikeout percentage, career walk percentage of 9.5%, decent. Career strikeout percentage of 13%, decent, right? 273 
career batting average, 355 career on base percentage, 442 career slugging percentage. But at his peak, I think is is where he was the most underappreciated and kind of undervalued because, I mean, in 1983 and 1984, there was an argument that he was one of the best players on the team. He was one of the best players on the entire Detroit Tigers team. And then that was, I mean, as we all know, that the team started 35 and 5, was the best team in baseball from opening day until they won the World Series, uh, wiped the Padres in the World Series, was just very clearly the best team in baseball that year, a, a dominant season. And he was one of the best players on that team in 1983. He had a 5.6, he had a, almost said in 1983 and then career. In 1983, he had a 5.6 war. In 1984, he had a 6.2 war. That is phenomenal. A 126 WRC plus, uh, 250, sorry, 287 batting average, 357 on base percentage, and almost a 500 slugging that year. Uh, along with 20 home runs, 76 RBIs, manned a really solid outfield, had a defensive rating for his career of 63.3, according to fan graphs. I mean, all around, just a really solid player. Again, probably just short of Hall of Fame worthy. Um, definitely just short of Hall of Fame worthy. I'm, I'm not going to make a case that Chet Lemon deserves to be in Cooperstown or anything, but just in, in again in the cracks of, of there were so many big names and, and good personalities on that team. You had Tram, you had Whitaker, you had Kirk Gibson, you had Jack Morris. Like there were so many big personalities on that '84 team, and I just feel like Chet Lemon kind of gets left off of that list of that core that that was the '80s Detroit Tigers, and I think he just deserves his flowers a little bit more. So Chet Lemon's going to be another one. I have two more that I want to get to really quickly here. I'm also realizing that I picked all hitters. Maybe we can do like a pitchers one later. I feel like these are kind of fun episodes. And again, there's there's tons of other dudes that deserve to be on this list, and we're only going to cover what four or five today. So plenty of other people that deserve to be here. And and we'll, we'll if you guys like these kind of episodes, we can get to those. Uh, we had a long lockout ahead of us. So we'll have plenty of, uh, of of opportunities to do that, but. One of the other ones is Mickey Tettleton. Now, admittedly, I have a soft spot for catchers. That is my my favorite position. That's the position I played my entire life. Uh, so I'll, that bias probably thrown in there. I could do a whole one of these just on underrated Detroit Tigers catchers specifically. Uh, but Mickey was was fascinating because his he only had twenty eight point five career WAR. And that spanned from 1984 to 1987, was a rookie at 23, retired at 36. So a pretty full career and had less than 30 war. But in his Tigers tenure specifically, which was only four years, 91 to 94, his war reads 5.6, 5, 2.5, and 1.4. I mean, an incredibly productive catcher behind the plate. And those those early night, really the entire decade of the '90s is pretty forgotten about in, in Tigers history outside of Cecil Fielder because that's when you know the the '80s teams 
uh, started retiring and the pieces started going either to other teams or, or out of baseball. Um, and then the late 90s were just horrible, uh, a terrible product in general. Um, so again, really outside of Cecil Fielder and the uh, you know switching from Domino's to, to Little Caesars Pizza in, inside inside the ballpark, it's a pretty forgotten about era of Tigers baseball. But Mickey Tettleton was a huge bright spot, and and before he was a Tiger, he he wasn't that great either. He had one season in Baltimore where he had a four point four WAR, and besides that, it was all high twos and lower. I mean, he, he wasn't thought to be. And, and then in the 90s, with the Tigers, again, he made an all-star game. So, like, he, he's one of the more over... And, and in 91, right, his that season, the Tigers were over 500, finished second in the division uh, with how small the postseason was back then and, and still is for the time being in baseball, right? 84 wins or whatever they had that year wasn't going to be good enough to make the postseason or anything, but just a really overlooked... An underrated player in the in in the again I keep saying this in the cracks of Tigers history just ha- had a, a couple of phenomenal seasons where he you know over 30 home runs in three of his four years with the Tigers 31 32 32 had 110 RBIs in 93 uh, strikeout to walk percentage 16 and a half walk percentage 22.8 K percentage. Not bad at all. WRC plus well into the 120s to 140s range for his Tigers career, a career 122. So really, really solid, really, really solid. And just a a very overlooked and underappreciated part of a team that and an era of Tigers baseball that's often forgotten. But Mickey Tilton deserves his flowers, baby. I love that man. So those are some of them. I know I said I had one more. I'm going to save it for a different show because I like to talk and ramble and I don't want to just say like, hey, this guy, and then end the show right away. So I, I'm assuming we will do another one of these. These are really fun to do. We only covered, again, what, four players today uh, because I like to talk and, and do complete breakdowns and, <laughs> and don't like to miss anything. Um, but I, I'm down to do these. If, if these are, are get good numbers and, and you guys reply to me on, on the socials and and tell me that these are kind of fun episodes, then we will do more kind of underrated, have an underrated players series in Tigers history. So that's what today was. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for making me your first listen every day, Locked on Tigers. Uh, Tomorrow's show, who knows what it'll bring, but we'll be here. Today, though, make your second listen, Locked on Bets, your one-stop daily shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Thank you guys for listening. Hope, hopefully this episode is fun. Hopefully we can do some lockout, have some fun during this lockout, trying to try to find a, a, a bright side. Peace and love. Going to therapy is dope. I'll catch you all tomorrow. Go Tigers, baby.